Well, hello there, and welcome to my Almost Midlife Crisis, the show that dives into that tricky time in our lives when we're no longer young, but we aren't old yet either. I'm your host, Jennifer Villamel. Well, the time has come to have this baby. I am 39 weeks pregnant and my induction is scheduled in two days. Wow. (laughs) I like to say that it's an eviction notice, uh, that it's gone out and she has only a couple of days left to exit the premises. No, in all seriousness, we could not be more excited. I feel like this pregnancy has taught me a lot. And in today's episode, I'm going to share what I've learned, as well as my thoughts on what it looks like ahead. This is also the last episode of season two. So if you are planning on getting pregnant, or you have been before, or you're just interested in the topic, then this one's for you. Let's dive in. I cannot believe that I've been pregnant for 39 weeks. In some ways, it's flown by, and in others, it's felt like forever, especially recently. The physical element to being pregnant seemed like the most obvious to me when I started this journey because, you know, once I saw the positive pregnancy test, I felt like I knew what to expect just from watching friends go through it or from TV and movies. I was expecting nausea, morning sickness, fatigue, getting bigger and not being able to see my feet, waddling instead of walking, food cravings and aversions and gas. Like these were my expectations. Also knowing myself, I expected to have a really hard time mentally with the weight gain. I've always had issues with my weight. Ironically, I've never been overweight though, but I've gone through periods of using like diet pills in my 20s. I'm not proud of it, but that was like the thing then. And I've always been really sensitive to gaining even like five pounds. I have always been super critical of my body, even when I've been in great shape. I think that comes mostly from experiencing my formative years in the 90s. I mean, that was the time when stick was in and the media would call out celebrities that were like a size six for gaining weight or needing to go on a diet. Diet culture was in full force, so that didn't help. So knowing that I had weight sensitivities my whole life, when I became pregnant, I was really concerned that I would have a really hard time with weight gain. But I have to say that this piece was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Did I gain weight? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I was about 173, I believe, on my first check-in. And then in my last appointment, I was 220. So yeah, 47 pounds. I have never seen the nurse move the scale to the 200s when going to the doctor before. So that was a little bit of a shock for me. But what helped me was just constantly telling myself that I was growing a human being. And I was further, you know, as I got further along with my bump and it was getting bigger, I was also feeling her kick more, which was a good constant reminder. As I progressed in my pregnancy, the bump actually came in handy because visually it told the world I was pregnant. Strangers are like a a bit nicer to you when you have a massive pregnancy bump. Like I live in downtown Chicago and most of the time you're invisible when you walk around. And honestly, I don't mind that. But now I'm hard to miss. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) People are more likely to hold the door for me. I see folks like blow the cigarette smoke away from me or actually even like wait to light the cigarette until I walk past, which I appreciate. In general, People are just a little bit more patient with me wherever I go, which I have to say, I'm going to miss once I get back 
to being my more normal size. And from what I hear, this patience does not continue and to become a mother. So that's a shame. In terms of the side effects, I honestly, all things considered, I think I had it pretty easy. I only vomited once. I never got hemorrhoids. My constipation got really bad in my first trimester, but once I discovered Coley's, this really hasn't been an issue since. And in saying that, there were also things that also that did surprise me a little bit. Like, I don't think I truly ever experienced fatigue like that in my pregnancy. Like, just that sudden feeling that I couldn't even keep my eyes open was intense. I have never been someone that's been able to nap. <laughs> like, I'm not a napper. Well, boy, did that change in my pregnancy. Now I cherish like a 30 minute to an hour nap and it does not impact my ability to be able to fall asleep later. I stopped getting waxed months ago because I was becoming too sensitive down there and I honestly miss it dearly. I know I have a while for this one because <laughs> I'm not trying to do this when I'm recovering, um, but I can't wait for the day to get this done again. I'm also really over the bloody noses um, and the bleeding gums. I, I will say I didn't even like know that was a thing. I have no idea why these are side effects. Like I feel like when you look up side effects and you look for like why this happens, like 95% of the time they're just like hormones. It's like just a, just like the, the standard answer. It's just hormones. Um, but bleeding gums and bloody noses, I am really looking forward to not having those issues moving forward. Deep into my third trimester, I was surprised how quickly I went from feeling pretty good, like I was working out six times a week, um, to just not being able to work out. Like the last two months of my pregnancy have been really tough physically. As my bump has grown, it has become much more uncomfortable being on my feet for longer than like 30 minutes at a time. Not just from being out of breath, because literally I'm talking right now and I'm like out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just that, but it's actually mildly painful to be standing or walking too long without resting. I start to have like pain in my pelvis uh, from the weight. And while I do use belly bands and they do work, they don't eliminate the feeling. Even riding in our car has become uncomfortable. Like city streets and potholes are not my friend right now. Because I feel every single one with like this twinge of pain in my lower belly and pelvis. I could definitely tell when I've done too much that day and need to relax. Like for example, the other day I had to like run a couple errands. Um, our nursery dresser, which was ordered in May, finally arrived. <laughs> so I was rearranging things and finishing the nursery. And then at night we had Christian's family over for his mom's birthday. And by the end of the night, I was not feeling well. Like my back was killing me. I had pressure on my pelvis. Uh, I was starting to have like menstrual like cramps. Like I think I was having some early signs of labor, but honestly, I don't know. Like this is my first time. But by the end of the night, I was struggling to stand to even like brush my teeth. In general, I've learned more about my body in the last nine months than the other 39 years combined. It made me realize how little we as women are actually taught about our own bodies. I never really had the sex talk growing up. I was taught if you have sex, you'll either get an STD or you get pregnant or you get both. And women are taught to not talk about our bodies, not to share intimate details or even use words like pussy or vagina because they're considered offensive. 
a lot of women have never even looked at their vulva or discussed changes in discharge. And all of these things are almost considered taboo to discuss or TMI. And as I look ahead to have a little girl of my own, that way of thinking stops with me. Like she will be informed of how her body works. She's not going to be ashamed of anything regarding her own body. She will be informed and I will do everything I can for her to feel pride in how amazing a woman's body really is. Like that's my promise to her because I never want her to have the feeling I had when I realized how little I truly knew halfway through my life. It's important she's an expert in herself so she can make the right decisions for her. And as a mother, that's really important to me. Now, while pregnancy has some physical challenges that I wasn't expecting, the mental part was the part that surprised me the most, actually. When you look at TV and movies or even in real life, like pregnant women are always like they have that glow. Like we're supposed to just be so excited and happy and don't complain too much. And in a lot of ways, we're also supposed to just go about our lives without having pregnancy impact our day to day. I was really lucky because I was able to take a step back from working during my pregnancy and I don't have other kids to take care of. I mean, I have a fur baby, but I don't have like actual children. But so many women work up until the day they give birth and have an entire household to take care of while they're dealing with all the pregnancy changes. Like physically, that's got to be difficult, but mentally, I don't even know how they handle it. While excitement is definitely part of it, and it's the best part, let's be honest, I was surprised how difficult being pregnant can be mentally. Earlier this season, I discussed, uh, you know, I was starting to have a really hard time feeling isolated from my friends because I was the only one pregnant and I was borderline depressed there for a little bit. And that was definitely not something I was expecting. But in my third trimester, I am started to just feel like done. Like done with the physical changes and definitely done mentally. Like I'm a Leo, okay? And for my whole life, I always thought, oh, I love being the center of attention. But this pregnancy has shown me that even I have my limits. And I've hit that limit. Like being the life of the party or telling a story at dinner are very different scenarios than pregnancy. Having someone compliment you on your dress for a party is different. These instances are short-served. Like you get short bursts of energy, which are enjoyable. I like them. But being pregnant is a long-term attention game. It's nine months of intense attention. It is constantly being asked how you are, how are you feeling? But the catch is that people don't really want to know. Like they don't want to know. They want you to say that you're feeling good and that you're just ready to meet your baby and you're excited. They want you to say that you're catching up on sleep and you're preparing for the next chapter. They don't want to hear how you haven't had a good night's sleep in six months or more. They don't want you to say how everything hurts, you're peeing every 30 minutes, and you're annoyed for no reason. And they don't want you to ever say you're tired of being pregnant. And while you appreciate the concern, and you know that, you know what, it's only coming from a good place, and it has they have the best of intentions, especially friends and family, Having to answer those questions is exhausting. And sometimes I just want to say, I feel like shit. Like, how are you? How are you today? <laughs> and if you are more honest, you get corrected or your feelings are sometimes just totally invalidated. 
Like if you say, I don't know, I'm feeling as big as a house, you get, no, you're beautiful. You're growing a human being. And I truly appreciate that. But in the moment, it doesn't negate the feeling that I'm as big as a house. And while I am growing a human, I'm also having trouble wiping my own ass because of the angle that I have to bend on the toilet. Like maybe I have that glow, but that doesn't erase the fact that my eyes are burning because I'm exhausted and my esophagus is on fire from acid reflux from just, I don't know, drinking water. Being excited about meeting my daughter doesn't mean that I don't lose my breath just putting pants on, but no one really wants to hear that. The comments about your body and the rubbing of the belly are also one that I am never <laughs> getting used to. And from what I hear, this continues after birth. The comments, not the rubbing, because that would be seriously messed up. Like, I hope that people don't continue doing that. Like, how's your post belly? <laughs> like, that would be messed up. I realize that it's really hard to ignore the changes in my body because, listen, they're visibly apparent. Okay, they're very apparent. And at times, it can be beneficial, like I mentioned before. Like when you first start showing, it's exciting to get noticed for being pregnant because it's new, right? And it's still cute. Like your belly is still cute <laughs> and the rest of you hasn't changed much. But then fast forward to the third trimester and I am looking forward to being invisible on the street again. Like I can't go anywhere now without someone asking me questions or commenting on my body. Like when you see the family and they're like, wow, you're so much bigger than last time. Or you look really, you look like you're ready to pop. Are these true statements? Yes, of course they are. But do I need the constant reminder that I'm getting huge? No, no, I don't. <laughs> like I am painfully aware that I'm turning into the size of a tiny house. I don't need the constant reminder of comments. So thank you. Or still telling me what I can and can't do. This was annoying in the beginning, but the more limited I feel, the more it drives me nuts. Like my doorman telling me that I shouldn't, I like, you know what? You should let your husband like pick this package up. And it's like a one pound envelope. <laughs> and I'm like, um, there is no one more acutely aware of my limitations right now than me. It is physically uncomfortable to lift some things or to get into a car or to walk. So if I'm picking up a one pound package, keep your mouth shut because this I can still do. Thank you very much. Like I can, I can do this. So just let me. The rubbing of my belly still makes me super uncomfortable. Like I'm not a lamp. There is a baby inside, not a genie. And your wish will not be granted. Like I am still shocked I haven't rubbed someone else's stomach in response yet. But honestly, I think that this is the benefit of not drinking. Like if I had a couple glasses of wine, I would at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never really been a touchy-feely person. So this whole bump thing is really difficult for me. Every time, which is often, I feel like I just stand there with like this weird look on my face trying to force this fake smile and I just pray that it ends soon. I do try to have those close to me feel the baby kick though. Like I understand that that's important. And so I invite them to touch when she's moving, you know, and they get really excited about it. And I do enjoy that. Like I'm not heartless. Okay. But it's still the unexpected touch or just like the rubbing that feels super cringeworthy to me. And lastly, it's the unsolicited advice. Like, holy cow, I am over it. 
Like, no matter who it comes from, honestly, like everyone is a freaking expert and I cannot wait to give me a nugget of information. And the thing is, there are some good nuggets in there. And once again, I know that they want to help. Okay. But also when it has been happening for nine months from literally everyone I run into, including Uber drivers, it's hard to continue to have an open mind and accept the advice. It's the sheer volume and just the culmination of advice that makes it hard. Not the advice itself, if that kind of makes sense. And as I get closer to delivery, I feel the pressure to be social because I know that it may be a little bit before our social lives come back. But at the same time, I find myself actually wanting more alone time. This is the complete opposite of how I was feeling in my second trimester when alone time resulted in feelings of isolation. And I think part of it is because I'm tired of all the attention. But I think another part is because I know that once she arrives, it's going to be quite a while before I have alone time again. I'll have this baby to take care of 24-7 because I won't be back at work yet. I'll have my mom here for three weeks to help support. I'll have Christian's family coming over to see the baby. And because I want to try breastfeeding and I'll be in recovery, there won't be a lot of time like just for me. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, this is the officially the last episode of season two. And it's been a journey this year. Like being laid off while pregnant was scary. But it's also been a time of self-discovery, and I'm so thankful that I was able to take this time for myself and also take you on the journey with me. But where do we go from here? Well, to be honest, I don't know. I started this podcast back in January 2021. This is my 64th episode that I've recorded, which is more than I ever thought that I would, and I've truly enjoyed this process, and it's difficult to think of potentially giving it up. But if I've learned anything, I also want to give myself grace to make that decision at a later date. My goal is to continue this podcast, but with a shift to focusing on being a first-time mom midlife. While I've learned a lot about myself since starting this podcast, this year I've also learned so much about how there's a need to openly discuss the realities of motherhood as well. I'm not sure I want to give up this platform yet, but I also don't want to overcommit myself. So over the next couple months, my first priority is getting my bearings just being a mother, which is still very weird to me to say. <laughs> my second is finding my next role in my career, and I'll be primarily focused on trying to figure out what my new life looks like. I will definitely keep you posted about my social media channels and my website. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to the website, I encourage you to do so so you can get updates as I have them. When I started my almost midlife crisis, it was because I felt like I was going through a crisis of my own. I was struggling with getting older, but I was still experiencing like imposter syndrome and feeling like I was still young. I've discussed everything from changing careers, Botox, getting married later in life, and now having my child at 40. What I've realized through all of it is that no matter what our age is, there is always room for growth. There is always an opportunity to challenge ourselves to be better, to change, to think differently. We will never know everything, and life is less about what happens to you, but how you deal with those changes. 
Sometimes plans don't work out the way you expected them. Sometimes when you reach a goal, you're surprised it doesn't feel as rewarding as you thought it would. Sometimes what you want changes. And all of this is normal. All of this is what makes life interesting. So embrace it. Don't get discouraged. Look at each moment as an opportunity to grow and do better. Give yourself grace and give yourself a damn break. Be kind to yourself and put yourself first. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I think this is a goodbye for now, but not forever. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook because these are going to be my main sources for updates. And subscribe to my almostmidlifecrisis.com to get updates on what's to come. Until then, cheers to you. Thank you for supporting this journey, engaging, and listening to me figure it out for the last two years. Until next time.